Hi, I'm Chris Varner. And I'm Sean O'Brien. Welcome to It's Not the Differences. All right, welcome back, everyone. We, got a, we think we got a fun one today. And what we're going to talk about is our favorite movies that we realize, if we're being honest, are bad. They're not good. And yet, they've got some sort of weird snake charmer hold on us where we can't look away. We, we have to watch them. And I don't even mean watch them because we know they're bad. We, we sort of harbor this secret thought, this is actually better than people think. And we had to, we had to pause before recording today because we had to think what we're going to say about it. So, Chris, we're going to start with you. What's your what's your movie that's bad, but you secretly think it's good, whatever title you I'd like to preface it with no Academy Awards were <laughs> ever involved in any right. of these movies. Right, nominations. So it's a tough one for me because I, I like a lot of stupid, rotten, low Rotten Tomato rating movies. Uh, but for me, a good one, every time it's on, I have to watch it. I quote the movie, Roadhouse, Patrick Roadhouse. Swayze. Yep. Sam Elliott. I mean, to me, it just doesn't get any better or worse all at the same time. <laughs> I mean, you actually have Red West, who was Elvis's private bodyguard, as a role in that movie. Yeah, it just. So, what draws you to it? What is just the? How does it? Why does it work? It works because I used to be a bouncer, and I find it odd that he goes state to state, but there's some secret underground bouncer status. Like, everyone knows who he is. He's from New York. He goes to Missouri. Everyone's like, oh, that's Dalton. That's, that's the Dalton. And I, I, like, I didn't even know bouncers within the same town that I bounced. But that was, you know, because I, I was into martial arts, as I mentioned to you when I was younger, and Patrick Swayze is a kung fu sort of master in that. And when I would bounce, there was one, I, I got very, very lucky. And let me, let me preface this by saying it will talk about a physical um, All right, so we're going to be talking about a little bit of violence. Yeah, a little right. violence, but also it's just one of those things that you could never have planned for it to be as awesome as it was. This guy, and I got into it out front, and I've taken Taekwondo and all. Let me just tell you that it's not like the movies, like Jean-Claude Van Damme jumping up and kicking people in the head. I would advise against that. I've missed before. It's just gone <laughs> south. But this one, I jumped up. I did a back kick on this guy, and I could not do it again if you paid me $1,000. Not perfectly. <laughs> but it happened to be right in front of all these people, so then everyone started to call me Dalton after I that. See. And I, I didn't have the heart to be like, did, did that actually work? Like, does this stuff work? <laughs> <laughs> so at that point, had you already decided Roadhouse was your movie? I had already liked that movie because okay. my brother was on a date and he had to watch me that weekend and he wouldn't. He had to take me to that movie, which was rated R, and he knew my parents wouldn't, wouldn't approve of that. And he wouldn't let me sit next to him and his girlfriend. So I had to sit in the very front of the theater. It's the only time I've ever done that, looking up, you know, with right. the neck, you know. And uh, I just, I really... Just love that movie. I think Sam Elliott, which by the way, Sam Elliott looks to me like he's 60 in that movie. He's a year younger than I currently am. He's 43 when they film Roadhouse. <laughs> but even then, at 43, you look like a you senior grizzled, citizen. Yeah. You know, you know, like. so, they, so do you still maintain that there must be a bouncer cabal? There is no bouncer cabal. <laughs> there, that's, that's the funny thing. And the older I get, the more I realize, like, no, nobody brings that up. Like they, just, Everyone... In, there's no bar community across the nation, right? 
set the Illuminati of bar service around here. <laughs> People aren't traveling bar to bar and learning bar yeah, lore. Correct. Especially well, not the bouncer. Dalton? Yes, yes. Oh. The bouncer of all Completely irreplaceable. We have a new bouncer every week, so I don't know how this. If, it seems to me, if you maybe there's bar owners that are listening, but if you're running a bar and you've really got to think hard about your bouncer personnel, some, something's gone wrong. If you've got to, we've got to bring in the pro. Get, <laughs> well, that's it. Get Varner I mean, in here. He travels. Back kicked that one guy in 93. Yeah, he travels a couple states, and then he, he gets lured away for 500. I, I, he's this famous bouncer. But it's not an <laughs> NFL player. When it's on TV. Like, how does anyone know? They drafted him. And how does the average bartender even go, oh, that's that Dalton guy I heard about in Tennessee, in Memphis. Like, <laughs> he killed a guy. What? What do they all get? This is before the internet, too. At least now you would say maybe there's a chat room or something. For right, or there's a viral video, something. perhaps. Right, but no, no. This no, is, the secret this is... cabal of Bouncer <laughs> and the groupies that follow Bouncers yes. that know about all the Bouncer hijinks. But he's not good enough to stay in one place. That's the right, funny no, thing. He just, he's a, he's a Ronin Bouncer. He goes, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's masterless. <laughs> He's like uh, John Carradine in Kung Fu. Yeah, he just travels. Except for bouncers. Yes, for bouncers. Ah, yes. Forget, ah. the, uh, yeah, forget the Shaolin monk. Looking He's to the... see, is anybody going to put baby in the corner? Because I'm here to stop it, if that's what's happening. Roadhouse, good choice. Um, I, I, if you haven't, listeners, gone and see it. Go see it. We're, we're telling you it's not good, but somehow it all hangs together, and that's why. And if you are a bouncer listening and you want to tell <laughs> this us. This is how you do it. There actually is a secret bouncer <laughs> cabal or Illuminati group. Let us know. For me, and I'm a science fiction guy, so I got to go into the science fiction world. A lot of rich choices in the sci fi world. Uh, the new movie Dune is coming out, but before the new movie Dune, there was a previous one by David Lynch that is just a fever dream, just a bizarre incomprehensible fever dream. Um, so that's a close one, but that's not my choice. My choice is Flash Gordon because everyone in it must have been told, whatever you're doing, bigger. Go bigger than that. See that scenery? Chew the hell out of it. Go absolutely crazy. And when one of the people you're telling to go crazy is Brian Blessed, who will happily go as crazy as you let him, and he's not even the most outlandish person in the story. Perfect. Perfect. Dino De Laurentiis going nuts with his set design, gold lame everywhere, everything. Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton. Even and he's understated. Correct. He's desperately trying to keep up with everybody else and has gone out of control. And whom do you get if you say, we got this out of control, lame, sort of vaguely homoerotic story that we can't ever quite pin down. And we need the most over-the-top rock band you can think of. Who do you get? Queen. That's who you get. Who else? The movie just works. And it shouldn't. It, the, the special effects aren't good. The plot makes no sense whatsoever. Did he play for the Jets? Was that the, the team? In the, in the movie, he plays okay. for the Jets. He's the quarterback for the New York Jets. And he wears a T-shirt that just says Flash on it. Right. That's his own nickname. Or, or maybe that is his name. I don't, they never really clear it up in the film. Was he born Flash Gordon? Like, is his actual name Flash? 
Is that his nickname? And he wears a shirt that says it. Um, beautiful. Max von Sydow with like 80 pounds of costume on him. As Ming the Merciless. He can't get better. So if you want to watch a beautifully bad sci-fi movie, Flash Gordon's the one. That's the one, hands down. Or just by the soundtrack. Was that 81, 82? I think it was early 80s, yeah. It was definitely early <laughs> 80s. I remember being a little kid watching it. Yeah, I'm wondering, am I missing something? I mean, no, you're not missing anything. Everything is exactly as it looks. It's like a psilocybin nightmare, huh? It was. It was. I think the phrase, where's my cocaine, was heard a lot on set <laughs> um, by, by everybody there. Uh, you know, apologies to Sam Jones and all the other actors in that. But that'd be my number one. You have another one besides Roadhouse that you see it on TV. So you're at home, you got your you you're just scanning through the channels, and it's midway through, and you gotta stop. You gotta stop and finish. There's actually a lot, but if we're talking bad movies, yes, a, ba a, a one bad, that you know if your kid walked in, why are you watching this? You'd have a hard time explaining. One of my guilty pleasures is bad Sylvester Stallone '80s. No shortage movies. of those. It, it, correct. Over I the mean, top comes to mind. Over the top is one of my all-time favorite <laughs> movies. In case you are not Double aware elimination. of the plot, yes, you're dealing with Lincoln Hawk, who's a trucker who's trying <laughs> to gain custody of his son, but he's going to use his success in the world of arm wrestling to right. defeat uh, Robert Loja, is the yes. the rich father that wants to keep uh, keep him away, and uh, it comes to this just great arm wrestling. Uh, scene where it goes it's just way over the top literally and, <laughs> and just it, but the, it, you got Sammy Hagar's soundtrack Kenny Loggins soundtracks in that <clears throat> it was really disappointing when I my uncle drove trucks for a living he was a long haul trucker and I remember asking him do you arm wrestle and he goes you watch that movie over the top <laughs> everyone asks me that now do I arm no I've never arm no, no. we don't just stop and we don't all know each other and start we're, arm wrestling we're back to the same we're, thing we're <laughs> seeing a pattern here the the the, the, the subculture of some sort of blue collar it's like vaguely illegitimate <laughs> the thing I, I will tell you that I didn't discover till recently probably within the last 3 years is that during the uh, the montage of the the qualifying rounds, mm -hmm. most of those scenes was a real arm wrestling tournament. Oh. Yes, I okay. found that out years later. I love arm wrestling. Okay. Um, I was fairly decent at so it. So they filmed, time. they just went to one and took Yeah, it was a major championship one, and if you watch, you can actually, now that you know that, if you watch that montage, you can tell the ones that are real arm wrestlers and the ones that were, were sort of built up. But the best arm wrestler in the world was on that, and he's a small guy. He's only about 195, 200 pounds, and then you see him on there, he went like twenty years undefeated. That's how wow. I found out because they show him in that, and and it just goes to show that if the spirit of Stallone, uh, it doesn't <laughs> matter what the courts say, if he can win this arm wrestling, yes. then he gets his son. You can see the clear link. No, between it's those there. Things. It's there. Okay, what other Stallone? Um, Cobra. 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 Right. Yeah. Marion Cobretti, the Cobra. So Lincoln Hawk in Over the Top. <laughs> yes. Mario Cobretti, the Cobra in Cobra. He wore that, like, not aviators, but... Yeah, they were like the dark aviators. Yeah. He had so many great one-liners that I, I still use all the time. Every now and again. I, I love dropping Stallone one-liners because nobody understands what I'm talking about. I see. You know, like, my kid will get out of line and go, you're diseased, and I'm the cure. Yeah, that's right. And they're like, 
what are you talking about? What is nothing? Yeah. No, it's just Stallone, <laughs> man. Wasn't there a, wasn't there a, a, a cliff um, mountain climbing? Oh, cliffhanger. Yeah, cliffhanger. cliffhanger. That was in the 90s. That was actually a good movie. Robert Loggia played the bad guy. Robert Loggia again. Here we oh, go. No, no, I'm sorry. John Lithgow. Oh. John uh, Lithgow. John Lithgow. He had a horrible British accent in that. I, it was like he forgot it halfway through one of those. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Lithgow did do a lot of villainous. He was was he Ricochet? He oh, was with the bad guy Denzel. Ricochet. Yeah, absolutely. He he's, he played a lot of sort of psychopathic. That was the one where he beat up Jesse Ventura in the prison oh, and had right. phone books strapped to their bodies as armor. They, they somehow they had an abundance of phone books. <laughs> they were ripping them in the prison. To stay in shape. In the prison. And a lot of duct tape <laughs> to tape them up. And they had like swords they had fashioned out of whatever metal they could find. And I guess the guards were off duty that day. All that, of them. You know. Didn't notice that there's a there's a where's all the, where are all the gladiator. I'm trying to make a call here. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't find I can't look no anything up. Anywhere. That so he's he's done that. A, a raising cane he was the villain, I oh. think. Wasn't that the one where he plays a plays a, a, a transvestite? Not a transgender, but a transvestite. Well, I remember he, he raising played cane? well he did in the world according to Garth. That was he that, played. Yeah. He was, uh, I think, very similar character yeah. in that. With He's Robin done Williams. a lot of work, and he had a lot of '90s villainous. He did. He's a great actor. '90s work. So for me, other than like I said, Dune and Flash Gordon in the science fiction realm, um, the the I'm kind of a a big. Uh, so other than science fiction altogether, I'm a big biblical epic guy. I can't get really? enough of biblical epic. Yeah, I give, find me a, that surprising. give me a four-hour Chuck Heston. I'll just dig into that. Ten Commandments. Little Yul Brenner for you. Ben Hur. Oh, Ten Commandments with Yul Brenner, and he just he spent the entire movie with his hands on his hips, you know, demanding things from people. <laughs> um, and Vincent Price is the builder. And I watched. I used to watch that every Easter. That was like our yeah. Oh no, I and can't, I just haven't watched it in years. I, I need cannot, to I need to rewatch it. Well, because they obviously if. Ten Commandments is going to cover a lot of ground, so they got to condense stuff. And I always got a kick out of, because they had to condense the trip to Mount Sinai, the getting of the commandments, and the return back to the people. They have to condense that in about 10 minutes. So it makes it look like Aaron has completely lost control. In 10 minutes. In like no time what at all. What happened here? <laughs> I'm going to the mountain. I'll be right back. Just make sure they don't do anything crazy. Where did this altar come from? How did you even build this thing? Where did this gold come from? <laughs> like, how did you do all this in the short time I was up there? And I can just only imagine, there's no scene in the movie, him rounding on Aaron going, dude, dude, one really? thing, one thing. I'd already parted the Red Sea. I mean, how much more cred do I need? We did the whole thing where I... We had the ten plagues. Like no, no, no. no can't leave you guys. Can't no. leave you guys for half hour. <laughs> but it's instant graven image. You weren't even doing this in <laughs> Egypt. You started this idea. But no, I am an absolute sucker for that. My my biggest one is Spartacus. Can't, I will watch that over and over. Well, that's a real good, that But now we're into good movies. We're not into bad. Yeah, but Kirk, I mean, Kirk, Kirk Douglas. You'll to get, have that you chin? You gotta say it with your teeth clenched. What I wouldn't give for that chin. Oh, with a like, cleft like Do a... you remember a random 80s movie, you might not, um, called Tough Guys, with him and Burt oh. Lancaster? I think they vaguely. played They played old-time crooks yeah, that get yeah. out of jail in 1985, 
and they're, the, the world's changed on them. They're right. in jail for 30 right. years. But just phenomenal movie. I do vaguely remember. They yeah. dressed like old they dr- Yeah, they got the old the suits. Out of style. And the, yes. And it's just them trying to reckon with the new world. And I got, well, here we go, science fiction movie with Kirk Douglas that's not good. I got it. Saturn 3. I've never seen Saturn that. 3, well, put it this way, Kirk Douglas, and I want to say uh, Farrah Fawcett. I could be wrong. I might, maybe I should look it up. I want to say Farrah Fawcett. Husband and wife on a moon of Saturn. That's the opening. And they get after it, if you know what I mean. Okay. So you're watching Kirk, late career Kirk, and Farrah Fawcett. Because there's no gap. one else. There's, an age gap. there's no one else around, so they don't need to be clothed that often. Until the the um, there's some rocket pilot that shows up. And they have a robot with an unbelievably muscular, muscular, uh, um, a muscle-bound body, but like no head. It's a mess. The movie's hmm. a friggin' mess. How, um, is he hurting for money? Or? I don't know. It might have been one of those high-concept movies that just utterly failed to get any toe in any sort of reality. But there's a Kirk Douglas. What is a good science fiction movie to you? To me? Yeah, I know that's got to be hard, but I'm saying it for somebody who's not a science fiction fan, if you had to say you just have to see this, it's going to blow your mind, it's that good, maybe not even a series. Do you mean like what are the characteristics or name one? Name one. 2001. I was just going to say, are you going to go through the furnace? Um, Because you walk out of the theater going, something happened. I know. I don't know what exactly. The book, and the book was written very much at the same time, Clark was part of the screenwriting process and was part of the book, so very, very close. Book makes it slightly clearer. When you read the book, you go, okay, I think I got an idea what happened here, but not a, not a ton clearer. And that's the beauty of it. It's that space is mysterious, and you won't always know what's going on. There you go. I've been, well, I just, I saw that as a little kid, and then I saw the sequel in theaters. 2010, Which yes. I didn't understand much. Yes. I was too young for it. Yes. But my son wanted to watch it, so him and I watched. Uh, my wife was gone, and, and we just got a bunch of snacks and watched. And I f- thought it was amazing. 2001? Yeah. yeah, and he loved it, too. Yeah. I mean, it didn't. it's a complex movie, obviously, right. but that last five minutes, boy. Yeah, going through the Stargate for a <laughs> long time. Yeah. Then getting in the hotel room, seeing himself in it. What are we doing? You're freaking out. Then he's a baby. Then he's outside Earth. And roll credits. I know. You're just... Huh? I feel like I missed something. Yeah, right? did some happen there? You know, you get sent, a lot happened. A ton happened. Not sure what it was, but that might be my number one. My other one, another one that I really like is Forbidden Planet. That's a 50. I don't think I've seen that. Yeah, that's, that's kind of gotten lost a little bit. That was a Leslie Nielsen when he was serious. Wow, so before Black Hair Squad. And that might have been his first role. He's deadly serious. He's pretty good, actually. It's a retelling of Shakespeare's The Tempest, just in sci-fi form. Hmm. They just sort of move it over. They do other things, but they just kind of move it over. And there you have it. Really good movie. And the special effects in those days were animation. They had to hand-draw animation. So when the commander shoots his laser beam, they got to like animate the bolt of whatever. And it holds up. It's, the movie's got to be it's maybe 70 years old by now. Wow. And it holds up. It actually holds up. Black and white? No, it's colored. Really? Technicolor. And it's saturated, so it is all colors. Wow. 
It is Dorothy, you know, out of the just, house just in Munchkinland colors. They are not skimping on any of these colors, man. So those are my two probably go-tos. Um, I was not as big a fan of The Matrix as everyone else was. Liked it, but didn't love it. I like, I, it's funny, because I, I feel the same way. Yeah. I liked certain scenes. Yeah. I liked the concept. I think it's right. really cool, especially uh, the idea of, the, like, we've discussed this at right. length and, right. and other things. I love that sort of idea, but I don't know. I've always been somebody that if everyone seems to like something, I almost, at a subconscious, maybe even a conscious level, don't like it, just mm. because I don't like to be a bandwagon. Yeah, just always no, been I get that it. Way. If somebody, like, Fast and the Furious, I'm like, how many of these is what are they going to make? Like, come on. Well, you know, and with the Matrix, everyone was talking about that. Everything was that slow. And I said, right. I don't know. Maybe that, maybe I have a mental block. I tried to rewatch it, but I, I still right. got stuck in it. I, yeah, I, I think I'm with you 100%. The, the concept, you went, oh, that's kind of neat. It's kind of Plato's allegory of the cave done in sci fi. That's kind of cool. But do we need a 40 minute chase scene? Like, that's not, I, okay, so there's a lot of bullets flying, and he, they're not hitting it. That's pretty much what it says on the screenplay, right? Everyone shoots at Neo and nobody hits. Go. Again. Do that for 30 again, minutes. And again. <laughs> and make sure, and the part that I never got out of that, and make sure that you look as cool as possible. Like, why was that part of the mission? Did, looking cool, why would that be even part of this? Like, we've got to wear the sunglasses, got to have no expression on our face. Why would that be true? And the last plot hole I felt in it, they explained earlier most, virtually everyone that's living in the Matrix is just ordinary people who have no idea what's going on. So when Neo and his buddies kill these folks, they don't feel remorse. Like, that's actually a victim. That security guard that's shooting at me, granted, I need to take care of him because I can't have him shooting at me, but shouldn't I feel remorse that I just yeah. killed another helpless human that I'm supposed to be liberating? Actually, I never considered Man, we're, that that we're, we're doing all of this to liberate humanity. And we're killing it. Except for those dozen that have, that have ended their lives. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying, and again, I'm not saying they should have not killed anybody, but there's no sense of it's a shame that this had to happen. That, you know what? That's funny because that's where I tend to go in movies. I, I don't watch the James Bond movies because I know I'm not focusing on the right thing. When James Bond is infiltrating the bad guy's you know, villa, and there's a guard just sort of standing at the parapet looking around, and Bond gets him with a blowgun. And the guy dies and falls to his death 100 feet. I'm, I'm with the guard. Like, oh, well, the guy had like a family. Oh, he was, he was almost off shift. <laughs> he was, his daughter's birthday was going to take her mini golfing. None of that's happening now. So you felt bad for the construction of the Death Star in Return of the Jedi when all those workers were obviously killed. Yeah. Yeah, what happened to those guys? It was like contractors. Yeah, come on. You're telling me every one of them yeah. was evil. Yeah. <laughs> every single one of them. Plus, I mean, I know those little teddy bear Ewok dudes are supposed to be the heroes. You just blew up a satellite. That's going to fall on their planet. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I know you're happy for the moment, but maybe look up and notice, <laughs> hey, that debris's got to go somewhere. It's going somewhere. Guess where it's going. Pull right here. And the rebels are, are heading out. Yeah, like, they're not sticking around. So Endor is going to be riddled with space junk. Just, just devastated. <laughs> Nuclear winter. Well, I guess they're fuzzy, so I guess it's okay. You obviously couldn't handle that. <coughs> and would you really do a fireworks display after that? Where do they even fireworks? Get the fireworks? Why? What could possibly compare to a to satellite exploding? Yeah, come on. Yeah. 
Yes, the emperor in that in the Star Wars movie there he did sacrifice an awful lot of dudes to get one guy on his side. If you're one of the minions, would you have an objection? Look, come on, man. Sir. Right. I mean, I get it. I get Luke's important, but there's like 100,000 of us in this thing. None of us matter? Seriously? And don't you think you would rebuild the Death Star without the exact same yeah. vulnerability? <laughs> no. They're not attacking us with great big ships. It's always the little ones that get through. Maybe we should work on our small-scale small, small scale defense. Maybe there's some sort of corruption in the contracting business. <laughs> so they all deserve to die. See? That's, That's right. What we're back to where we started. <laughs> like, like, the, the design flaws are because they went on the cheap. So when you watch uh, Rambo, First Blood Part Two, yeah. and he's just killing all the Soviets, yes. you're like, oh, man, they're just... They're just dudes. They're like, conscripted soldiers. Right, they, they haven't... Even joined. They're not even no. necessarily bad. They're in, this, in this context, they need to be dealt with, granted. So I'm not even saying that no, no, there are no deaths, incidental deaths in an action movie. There are. But can't our hero, like, pause for 10 seconds and... Like, just get a look on his face, like, I sure wish this didn't have to happen, but it does, as he reloads. You know, instead of Schwarzenegger just mowing down just dozens of Cubans in Raw Deal, or whatever the movie was, some of them had to be innocent. It had to just get caught up in this. My uncle told me I could make some easy I money, that man. being in the on? militia was, was part of the Cuban GI Bill. I'm just getting wiped out. That's all I want. I want my hero. Oh, you're thinking Invasion remorse. USA. Chuck is that what it is? Yeah, Chuck okay. with the when the Cubans and you're right though. There there had to be some guys like, yeah, I'm just trying to get my I was just told just to, trying to get some I money. Don't I don't what, know what's going on. No, I have no prospects. You know, this Nothing. guy with his beard's kicking us and shooting us. Come on. Again, don't mistake. I don't want movies. I'm not saying Chuck Norris needs to be a pacifist and just kept getting punched in the face while he's putting his palms up saying everybody chill. But any kind of like human remorse over the death of, even if you decide it was, this was a necessary death, that guard had to die because I had to infiltrate the thing. But like, I'm going to do a quick cross. I'm going to do a quick benediction. Maybe, maybe make sure his eyes are. Clear. Wouldn't that be an interesting yeah. superstar? That would be. He breaks someone's neck. Like, sorry. And then like he just oh he just oh, gets a look at his face like God, doing it. Job. That's the worst part of his job. I'm going to go kill seventy other people. I'm not going <laughs> to like it though. Okay. See, that's why I go back to the original Trek. They at least paid lip service. Okay. When they beam down, and first of all, when it's Kirk, McCoy, Spock, Ensign Chavez, guess which one's getting in the neck? <laughs> I almost think that these security guards, they beam down and look and go, oh, great. All principles and me. So really? that's what they did really? in the Galaxy Card. Yeah. No, but they would always do, or they often did. Kirk would send some security guard, hey, go investigate that, and he'd die horribly, whatever. And they'd do a line. Kirk would say something like, oh, his father got me into the academy. Oh, there you go. Something. You know, some I just, backstory. I something. We've been talking about writing something. What if we did kind of a, a hitman with PTSD talking to a therapist regretting all of these people that he killed? Write that down. It's in my. It's just in my. I, it's in my head. I see the, the the faces of all I've mowed down, and I want to do something. Yeah, James about Bond, it. like at the end, he's retired. Like you know, <laughs> he's just shaking. All the women I abused and just, just cast all aside. the assault, all of the sexual harassment and assault and borderline rape and murder. Not to mention all the venereal uh, diseases. Was it worth it? Yeah, he's just cool shooting up just loads of penicillin, and like all these. All these children that he didn't know he had <laughs> yeah, are showing show up. 
<laughs> you take different, retirement. Different mixed races. <laughs> just, Dad. You were in Japan, remember? Yeah. Yes. Remember when you slept with the dragon lady? Yeah, well, that was 21 years ago. I'm here. Guess who's here? Yeah. So, so his whole pension goes to child just, support. Just child support and bereavement. That's his whole James Bond, geriatric James Bond. Well, I always used to think, you know how they do those opening sequences where he's on some side adventure. Then they do the credits and they segue to his real adventure. I thought as a joke, he should die in the side adventure. Then the rest of the movie is just inquest. And like, what just, happened here? Just like setting up his details of his life, setting up the funeral. <laughs> and the, the audience is wondering, oh, he's going to pop out. No, no, he's no, dead. No, he's gone. He died in minute seven. The rest of this is just cleaning up. <laughs> From that. Oh, well, so James Bond, what else we covered? We covered. Uh, we got some Stallone in there. We got Roadhouse. We got um, the Stallone, yep. So go out, watch yourself a bad movie that you really secretly think is good, and we'll talk to you next time. If you'd like to hear more from Chris Varner, please visit my lifestyle channel called Just a Dad Bod. And for Sean, you can find my books on Amazon or on my website at seanobrienauthor.com.